Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your Source. A little while back, several months ago, something that I haven't shared on this podcast before, um, but I was actually suffering with really, really severe anxiety. Uh, I, it, it was it wasn't debilitating, really. I mean, I was I was functional somehow in my daily life, but it was almost to the point of being debilitating. It was really, really severe. Um, I believe that it was really actually mostly physiological in nature, um, that there was an imbalance going on in my body. And um, not that I don't have to get into all the details because it's not really relevant to the topic at hand. But, you know, I did want to talk about the idea of anxiety and about how, you know, there are a lot of different types of anxieties, a lot of different causes of anxieties, symptoms of anxieties and everything. And for me, one of the biggest symptoms was this idea of racing thoughts that I've never had before, like racing and obsessive kind of thoughts that my brain would just go in these loops and it, I couldn't stop and I would kind of get, like get caught up in my brain and it was really difficult for me to get out of it um, unless I really tried hard to distract myself and you know thank God I've been doing a lot better and uh, I haven't really been suffering with that anymore but I do feel like that there was sort of still this like lingering um, sense lingering I don't know if it's like PTSD or something where I would every so often even pretty recently still kind of get in that mode of just getting into my thoughts and then what would happen is that once I would start getting into my thoughts I'd start obsessing about the idea that I was in my thoughts and, and start getting anxious about that that's a very uh, common symptom of anxiety is being anxious about being anxious for those of you that have experienced anxiety yourselves um, you this might sound familiar to you or maybe something similar you know the idea of being anxious about being anxious. So, you know, trying to find different tools to help me with all of this. I read quite a bit of books. I spoke to different people. Um, you know, there's a lot of good books out there about anxiety. And of course, you know, learning chassadahs did help, you know, through all of this. Thank God for that tool. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, I still would at times kind of slip into this place of just getting into my thoughts and kind of getting freaked out by my thoughts. And then finally, this past week, I actually came across this book that uh, was recommended randomly on Instagram called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And it gave me a new way of looking at this whole thing. And it kind of gave me this like aha moment with it all that I actually tied back into Tanya, which is why I decided to do this podcast episode. And so in, you know, in, in reading this book and what I'm going to be talking about in terms of that book, not only did it kind of, you know, cure me, I would say, of my anxiety and of my obsessive thinking, uh, but it actually gave me a whole new appreciation and understanding of a very core concept in the Tanya, which we'll get into. So one thing that I want to make clear is that there is a concept in Judaism where we say that wisdom amongst the nations you should believe, Torah amongst the nations do not believe. 
And what this basically means is that it's, you know, it's very good and well to look to the non-Jewish nations, look to non-Jewish books and stuff like that for wisdom, science, you know, different ideas and things like that. But in terms of actual practical advice, um, these are not our teachers. Our ultimate teachers are really God. So uh, yes, sometimes we can look to these things and we can kind of see Torah ideal ideas being reflected in them, but we always do need to go back to the Torah source. So that's sort of what I was doing when I, you know, when I was reading this book and I, and I, um, and I had this insight, you know, that really helped me that I kind of got myself thinking, I said, okay, well, what, where can I see that this, is this found in Tanya? Is this found in Judaism? And that's, that's where I sort of found the connection. So what was the basic idea? What was the idea that really, really helped me um, from this book? The basic concept, which maybe some of you have heard before, but for whatever reason, it really hit me in that moment, was that you are not your thoughts. And the way that the author illustrates this is by actually citing one of his teachers who would ask people, who are you? So he would say to somebody, who are you? So let's say if somebody were to say to me, who are you? And you could, you guys can all do this exercise following along, right? So I might say, well, me, I'm Sarid Switzer, right? I'd say my name. So then what he would do is he would write my name on a piece of paper and then point to the letters on the piece of paper. So he would say, so that's you, that's your, you're on that piece of paper. And then of course I would say, no, <laughs> you know, so that's not me, that's my name, but that's not me. That's not really who I am. So then he would say, okay, so who are you? So then I might say, uh, okay, well, fine. If we want to get really technical here, I'm a, a woman, I'm five foot one, I have blonde hair, like I would start describing myself, right? And then he might say, well, when you were four years old, you were a lot shorter than that, weren't you? But were you still you then? Right. And he kind of goes in this exercise over and over and goes through different things. And he takes it so far as, you know, then the person might say like, well, uh, I'm my thoughts. He says, is that right? You really are your thoughts or your dreams. Are you your dreams? And, uh, and you know, well, at first glance, a lot of people might say, yes, yes, I am my thoughts. I am my dreams. But then it's, then you say to yourself, well, then if you are your thoughts or you are your dreams, who is thinking those thoughts? Who is dreaming those dreams? Who is experiencing those dreams? And what it really boils down to, you know, through this whole exercise, what we can come to really appreciate and understand is that the true self is actually the experiencer of all these events. The true self, according to Michael Singer, is this idea, what he calls consciousness. And he actually does say that you can say that it's synonymous with the soul. So this got me thinking and I thought, you know, that's really interesting because when you look at the Tanya, you know, we see that the Tanya actually says something very similar when, when it talks about our thoughts or when it talks about our speech or when it talks about even our behaviors. And what does the Tanya say about all of these things? Pop quiz for those of you who have studied Tanya or listened to my podcast. Uh, the Tanya says very clearly that our thoughts, our speech, and our action are not actually ourselves. They're not actually our soul, but they are the garments of our soul. These are the, the clothing that our soul wears. And as we've learned in the Tanya, and it comes up many times, we actually have two different souls. And each of these two different souls have correspondingly their own garments. So there's the godly soul who has its own garments, the garments of thought, speech, and action of the godly soul. And these are the garments that the godly soul wears in order to fulfill its 
will in the world, which what is its will to serve God and to, to do things that are really beneficial to the world and that are in, in line with God's will. So it, it would utilize the garments of thought to study Torah. It would utilize the garments of speech to speak words of Torah and to speak good words to people and productive words that will bring godliness down here into the world. It will use the garment of action to do God's mitzvahs here in the world, fulfill God's commandments. And then on the other side, we have the animal soul. We have the garments of the animal soul. And we know that the garments of the animal soul are also thought, speech, and action. But different than the godly soul, the garments of the animal soul are much uh, coarser and much more self-oriented. And interestingly, in the garments of the animal soul, then the animal soul sort of takes these garments and uses these garments to its own benefit. So it's not using these garments to serve God or to serve anything other than its, than itself, but it's actually using it to really um, just serve itself in a kind of more indulgent way, uh, which comes to lead to the animal soul kind of over-identifying with the garments, if you think about it. And so the way that this manifests is in a person having negative thoughts, let's say. So that's like when they're wearing garments of the animal soul, then, then they're engaged in destructive, negative, maybe obsessive kind of thought or any kind of thought that might lead a person to move away from God, God forbid, which is ultimately a destructive, negative thought. Um, again, negative speech would be the type of speech, the speech of the the of the animal soul would be like speech again that's negative that just is not bringing anything good into the world so we could say that you know angry speech gossip these kind of things could fall into that category and then of course there's action the garments of action which would be you know doing different things that are against the will of god doing things that are not really constructive for our soul and for our ultimate well-being so in reading this book the untethered soul it sort of gave me this kind of like um it illuminated to me a little bit this idea of the garments of the soul and how uh, how we can really think about them in a way that's really applicable to us in a real way, you know, because we know that the Tanya, the Tanya is called the Sefer Shilbenonim. It's called the Book of the Intermediate Man. And as those of you, again, that have studied the Tanya together with me or on your own, uh, know that the whole point of the Tanya is to teach us how to be a Benoni, to teach us how to be this person who has perfected their thought, speech, and action, who wears the clothing only of the godly soul. And so I found it helpful, you know, this uh, explanation of Michael Singer about this idea of how I'm kind of going back and forth here between the book and the Tanya. So I hope, I hope it's clear, but I found um, it helpful to think about the way that he explained it, that we are not our thoughts. People tend to over-identify with their thoughts. And this, I think, is really what messes us up. Like uh, we wake up in the morning and the first thing that happens is we have all kinds of different thoughts. We have uh, thoughts of self-doubt, self berating ourselves like, oh no, I woke up late again. I'm going to be late for work. Everybody's going to look at me. Oh, I'm so fat. Oh, I'm so this. I'm so lazy. Da, 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 whatever it is. Or maybe you have different kinds of thoughts that don't have to do this. Maybe you have a really good self-esteem and you're saying good things to yourself all day long, but it's still very self-focused. And then what happens is that then once we start to become aware of this negative self-talk, let's say we go to therapy or something like that, and we do some self-reflection, we start to feel really bad about ourselves for having these negative thoughts. And we think, what an idiot I am for saying such negative things about myself, or why am I so haughty that I th think so 
well of myself. Who am I? Or, you know, this isn't right. I'm too arrogant. This isn't good to be so arrogant. We start berating ourselves for having these kind of thoughts, right? We over-identify with the thoughts. And the same thing with our speech too. We say something and we didn't mean to say it. We, we you know, put our foot in our mouth. Um, we said something to a friend of ours that we really shouldn't have said or whatever. And then we just keep you know, um, berating ourselves and being like, why did I do that? I'm such an idiot. What did I say? And everything. And again, what's happening is we're over identifying with our speech. So yes, we spoke those things. Yes, we had the choice as to whether we should speak those things or not. But we are not our speech. We are not our thoughts. We are not our action. And I think that that's really the point that I took from this book and I think is really helpful to keep in mind in trying to really implement the ideas of the Tanya is that our thoughts, our speech, and our action are the garments of our soul, but they're not our soul. They're not our essence. They're not ultimately who we are. Our soul, our consciousness remains unchanging throughout our entire lives and even beyond that. Now, the interesting thing is, once we gain the awareness of that, and once we really begin to appreciate this, then we can come to actually take the garments of our soul and use them in a whole new way and actually take ownership of them instead of having them take ownership of us. So the natural kind of state of being, we know that you know the animal soul kind of has this like natural kind of dominion over us being humans and being who we are. So it's very natural for us to feel this over-identification with our thoughts and our speech and our action because that's very animal soul-like and we wanna get away from that. Because this is actually a very immature type of existence. Because if you think about it, you know, um, a baby, for example, who puts clothes on the baby? The parents, right? The baby doesn't get to, get to choose what to wear. They're wearing what they're they're subject to whatever it is that the parents want them to wear, whatever style, whatever fashion the parents are into. That's what they have to wear. But as a person gets older, they part of getting older is that now they get to choose what clothing they want to wear. They develop their own style. They get to go to the store and shop for themselves. It's really exciting, right? And similarly here too is that being ruled by our animal soul's garments, being ruled by our thought, speech, and action and over identifying with these things and having them take control over us and having them draw us into who they are. That's a very immature type of existence. And it's something that all of us can and should move beyond to the more mature type of existence, which is where we actually get to choose. We actually come to this realization that we get to choose what we want to wear. We can, yes, we think, yes, we speak, yes, we act, but we can actually choose which clothing we want to put on, what we want to do with these thoughts. So, you know, our thoughts constantly, it's a constant movement through our brain. If any of you have ever struggled with anxiety, you know exactly what I'm talking about, which is probably all of you. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the human state is one of anxiety and, you know, just racing thoughts, you know, nonstop, like getting ca caught up in your head or, you know, um, at any given moment, your brain is like a radio station that is just like on like double speed. If you really pay attention and, and listen to your thoughts, they're all over the place. Maybe you have a song playing in your head and you're also thinking about a conversation you had with your neighbor yesterday. You're also thinking about what you want to do tomorrow. You're also thinking about um, where you are right now. And you know, like there's so many things, both on a conscious and subconscious level, so many thoughts running through your head at all times. But again, you are not your thoughts. You are your soul. You are your consciousness. So what does this mean in practicality? 
how do we as conscious beings, how does our soul actually take control of our thoughts and decide what clothing we want to wear? So this happens through the one power that the, that the consciousness has, that the soul has. And this is the power of focus. This is the power of choice. So focus and choice is really uh, synonymous in a certain sense that we can choose what we want to focus on. So just like if you're looking out the window and you know, you're know you with your friends, you're both looking out the same window and there's like a lot of stuff going on. Let's say your friend says, oh, look at that bird over there. And then suddenly you shift your focus to where your friend is pointing and you see that bird. Now you have focused on that bird. Now you see that bird. The same thing here is that we have the power to change our focus. So we have all these different thoughts running around in our head at all times countless thoughts, things that, you know, we're so not even, we take for granted how much we're thinking all the time in terms of the memories that we have and associations we make, um, what looking at objects, knowing what objects are, you know, like there's so much going on in our brain at all, all times, but yet we can then come in and decide and take control of where we want to put our focus. Do which radio station do we want our brain to land on. And when we do that, that is us basically deciding which clothing that we want to wear. And that is ultimately us taking ownership of our lives, that we no longer become subject to our clothing, which leads to a more victim mentality because you're a victim to your circumstance. You're a victim to whatever thoughts come up in your head. You're a victim to whatever words spill out of your mouth because you couldn't help it. You just had to say this thing or a victim to your impulses that you just had to do something because the urge was too strong. These are, you know, these are common things that we hear in our modern day worlds that people say things like, you know, I just couldn't help it. The urge was too strong or, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I said whatever it was that I said, it just, it, the words spilled out of my mouth or I can't control my thoughts. My thoughts are just all over the place. They're racing or whatever. But the truth is you actually can, because when you come to this realization that you are not your thoughts, you are not your speech, you are not your actions, but you are something that's beyond all of that then your life becomes much more proactive and you actually gain a sense of ownership. Instead of being a victim, you can actually be in control of the driver's seat of your life. So that's the basic insight for today. Um, there's more to be said about this topic. Uh, we could also actually get into the soul powers, which you know, there's the 10 soul powers of the soul, the three intellectual powers and the seven emotive powers. So it's like your cognitive abilities, um, your emotions. These are also not your soul either, but that's kind of a separate discussion. So I just wanted to throw that in there, but I think I would rather just, you know, stay focused on the soul garments for today. Maybe another time we'll talk about those soul powers. And just as a final concluding note, one thing I would like to say about these um, garments of the soul, one interesting point that's brought up in the Tanya and in Chassidus at large is that perhaps ironically, the, these garments of the soul in their spiritual root above, they actually come from a higher place than the soul itself, which is wild if you think about that. And what that means exactly, you know, is a whole other topic, but um, just to kind of leave you with something to think about, you know, and just maybe keeping in mind that um, when we do utilize our clothing properly, our, our spiritual clothing of thought, speech, speech and action, and when we do um, proactively use it, take ownership of these clothing, we can actually then not only have our soul be in dominion 
over our garments and rather than have our garments be in dominion over our soul, but we can actually elevate our soul to new heights. We can actually use our thought, use our speech and use our actions to take our soul to places even much higher and the soul can actually grow in ways that it could not on its own. So there's a lot more that could be said about that, but I didn't want to go too much on a tangent or get too uh, into the weeds with that. I wanted to try to keep it simple for today. Uh, so we'll leave it here. And uh, and so, yeah, so let me know your thoughts. Was this helpful to you? I found it, you know, keeping this meditation in mind of I am not my thoughts. I am not my speech. I'm not my actions. I am me. I'm something beyond all of that. I found it incredibly helpful for me to um, feel a sense of dominion over my thoughts in particular. Um, when I do start to feel like my thoughts are racing and that kind of thing, I can kind of like come back to a place of like center within myself. So does this help you? You know, how did you feel? Did you like the format of this this episode? Would you like to hear more like this? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and thanks for following along. And until next time, talk to you later. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.